Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great to have you here with us this morning. It is August 23. Okay, where to begin? Um, I usually say it's a bright, sunny morning here in Southern California, but that isn't true uh, today. Interestingly enough, uh, we've had a little spell of clouds and drizzle, so it's a little overcast here in Southern California this week. Um, but that's good. I mean, we definitely need that uh, as we are in a major drought, as always, it feels like. Uh, not just California or Southern California. I mean, this drought is literally stretching uh, the entire West Coast and all the way inland to, I don't even, maybe Montana, that far uh, east. At any rate, it's bad. I mean, it's just really bad. It, and it feels like it's getting worse and worse every year in terms of um, just the the lack of moisture in this area. And then, you know, things like the increase in the number of hurricanes during hurricane season on the East Coast. So all stuff we're keeping an eye on, right? All right. Okay, minute of transparency for this week. I'm going to title Eviction Notice. So for those of you who are here on a regular basis, you've probably heard our story. Uh, and how we came to live in Southern California. Uh, but one thing that I haven't really talked a whole lot about is the cost of living, probably because it's downright frightening, right? And while it may not be the most expensive place to live in the country, we're sitting pretty firmly in the top 10, top eight, maybe even the top five uh, places in the country in terms of exorbitant cost of living. Now, we knew this before we moved, right? And we had a number of people, many people tell us that we were crazy. Why on earth would you move to California? It's ridiculous there. But at the end of the day, we weren't really looking at it the same way they were looking at it, right? So the average person makes decisions like this in what I would call the tunnel of self-preservation, especially in this country, right? We came by it honestly. We tend to make decisions based on goals, goals like being successful, making money, uh, continuing to amass wealth, uh, property and things, stuff, right? It's like a nicer, kinder version of survival of the fittest. So in this sense, Darwin would be proud. But like I said, this isn't what we were pursuing when we decided to move to Southern California. Uh, it wasn't us trying to hard boil our nest egg, so to speak. It wasn't so that we could make more money or pay less to live. In fact, in Southern California, you don't get paid that much more than you do in the Midwest. And yet, it costs three times as much to live here. So then why on earth did we think this was a good idea? Well, our move was really based on two things. First, we were responding to a prompting that we felt in our hearts, right? A prompting that Tammy and I both believe God put there. Uh, we both kind of had this epiphany at the same time asking the question, why do we live here? Why do we live in the Midwest? 
if we could live anywhere, why do we live here? And we really believe that God was challenging us to stop pursuing comfort and security based on all of the things that we had kind of put in place to ensure those things. Uh, we felt like he was asking us to go on a journey, right, to trust him that he had something big in store for us. And then second, it was simply a desire to have an adventure as a family, right, to break out of our small little bubble that we'd lived in for so many years, to take a risk, to do something bold and courageous together as a family, to see a new part of the world, and to have new experiences. So the logical question is this, how did that work for you, right? It would make total sense for the people back in the Midwest who told us we were crazy to ask this question, right? To wonder if they were right and if we should have listened to them. So here's my answer. It's working for us for now. We absolutely love it in Southern California, and we can't imagine what our lives would have looked like if we had not have taken this risk. There are so many things that we've been able to do, so many new experiences that we've had, right? Some that are just physical, tangible things like exploring the natural beauty of the West Coast uh, and the opportunities our kids have had uh, living in a more populated area of the country. But then there are the more abstract things, right? Like living in a more diverse culture, being exposed to different political views, all the things that have opened our eyes and made us better people in the long run. And that doesn't include the work that we believe God is doing in our hearts on the journey, right? The impact that this move has had on us spiritually, bringing us closer to him, forcing us to trust him in ways that we never really even needed to in the Midwest. So when I think about this whole trust part of the journey, uh, two things immediately come to my mind. The first is when I lost my job. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I don't think I've really spent a whole lot of time there. So who knows, maybe someday I'll be willing to share the entire story uh, on an episode. But the second um, happened more recently, and it was related to being evicted from our home. Now, the second one happened, like I said, more recently. And as I talked about, the cost of living here is out of control. And for us, this meant that there was no way on earth that we would be buying a home, at least not for a while. So, like 45% of the people living in California, we signed a lease. Now, leasing property is a mixed bag, right? You have less responsibility. If something breaks, you just call the landlord. Uh, our home is part of an HOA, so there are amenities and there's landscaping, all of the stuff, it's all taken care of. But, as we all know, there are two really big drawbacks to leasing. First, you're throwing money out the window. Right? Instead of putting money towards something for your future, you're just handing it over to another person. And number two, you can be evicted at any point. At the end of the day, this is the landlord's home. If they choose to move back into it or sell it, you will need to find another place to live. And this is what we got to walk through recently. So long story short, our daughters are both in college and we have one kid left at home. He's starting his junior year. He actually started this past week. So all we really need is two more years in this house, and then we can start looking for what's next. So we told our landlord this recently, uh, you know, just kind of laid it out and said, hey, here's, so here's what we need. We need two years, and then, you know, all bets are off. So he graciously let us sign a two-year lease, ensuring that we would not need to move uh, until the kids were done with school. Problem solved, peace, comfort, safety, right? 
And then came the email that flipped our world upside down. Our landlord explained that things had changed for him. His job was transitioning a year early, and he really needed to sell the house as soon as possible. And he asked if we could please be out in 60 days. New problem, no peace, discomfort, anxiety. Just like that in a couple of months, going from feeling safe to feeling stress and anxiety just like that. I can't tell you how rough those first few weeks for were for Tammy. Uh, but for me, it was all I could think about. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think of, you know, when I was working. I just kept asking myself, what on earth are we going to do? And I had to get to a place where I just handed it over to God, right? I just had to put it back on him and say, you're going to have to handle this, right? I have to let it go and I have to trust that you're going to work things out like you did back when I lost my job. Now, I'm assuming it's different in other parts of the country, but here, the housing market has all but dried up thanks to COVID, thanks to just the, the way things are. Uh, you know, when we started looking for other homes in the area that were compatible to ours, the list literally came out to less than 10 properties. In an area where there are 3.2 million people, we had less than 10 options. And that doesn't mean that we would even be considered for them, right? I mean, you can apply, but you're probably applying with 30, 40, 50 other people. So there is absolutely no guarantee that just because you find a home and it works for you, that you're going to get it. Uh, in this area, landlords are notorious for holding out and simply picking the applicant who makes the most money. And that would definitely not be us. So all of this was a little unsettling, to say the least. But as time went on, we kept hearing people say things like, no, they can't kick you out of your house. It's the law in California. Or, oh, sure, he can sell the house, but the next owner has to honor the lease agreement. And we heard another person say, when you sign a lease, it isn't with the owner. The lease is for the property itself. Confusing, right? Since the landlord made it sound like we had 60 days to be out. And in our experience, this is just the way leases work, right? If the landlord wanted their home back, you had to leave. So we started a process of researching. We talked to an attorney. We talked to a few realtors we knew. Um, and we eventually came to the conclusion that this was true. We were able to remain in our home since we had signed a two-year lease. When we looked back at the email from our landlord, we read it with fresh eyes. And sure enough, he specifically said, I'm asking you for your consent to terminate the lease and be out in 60 days. Because he probably knew that the law required us to consent to it, right? It did not allow him to simply tell us to leave. So at this point, we're feeling okay, right? It's been it's been rough. It has not been very fun. Uh, we, we definitely don't want to be mean about it with our landlord. But at the same time, we need to do what's best for our family, right? In a time when finding another home is almost impossible. So that's my story. And I'm sticking to it, right? Just one illustration of an uncomfortable situation that we had to walk through which leads us to our topic today, which is transcending discomfort, right? Obvious situation where we felt comfort and then at the snap of someone's fingers, boom, discomfort. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about three things. First, leaving your comfort zone. Two, dealing with discomfort. And three, learning to trust. Number one, leaving your comfort zone. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because we've talked about this many times before, 
Uh, in fact, if you'd like to go deeper into this whole idea that comfort shouldn't be our main goal in life, um, there are a few episodes you can go back to and listen uh, where we really fleshed those things out. So I'll put the links in the show notes, but episode four was called The Great Happiness Debate. Episode five was called This Worldly We Live In, The Happiness Trap. Uh, episode eight uh, was called The Safety and Security Trap. And uh, episode 51 was called Transcending Comfort. Now, these were all good discussions about our drive to be happy, safe, secure, and in essence, comfortable, right? And at the core was this idea that making comfort our ultimate goal in life only makes us less happy and more unsettled when things start to go south, like it did when we got that email from our landlord. If comfort is our top priority, or if comfort was my top priority, that email would have derailed me, right? Because it was an instantaneous assault on my safety, on my family's safety or our comfort level. So let's summarize some of the concepts uh, from these previous episodes just to remind us where we left off. So number one, the world has a very specific objective. So in the world, happiness is the goal. Safety and security is the goal. And those two together um, provide a level of comfort, right? A comfortable life where you feel safe and secure and you are happy most of the time. And what does it take to achieve this? Well, most often it requires money, right? Which means you need a good job that pays very well. Now, we've all heard the old adage, money doesn't buy happiness, which is just, I mean, it's 100% true. Like when you really net it out, it's 100% true. But the funny thing is, that's not the way any of us live, right? In this culture, in this environment, in this country, money is king, right? All of, all of the times that we've said, no, 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 money doesn't equal happiness. But yet we're striving, 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 striving to have more money so that we can be safe, secure, and comfortable and happy, right? Ultimately, we still believe that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be putting so much time and energy into it. So when the money's rolling in, you feel safe and secure, right? Because you can pay all your bills and you have money sitting in your bank account. Money also allows you to do fun things, right? Like you have to have money to go to concerts, sporting events, Disneyland, vacations, right? all of which supposedly adds to your level of happiness, right? And all of that leads to comfort comfort, or living the comfortable life. Number two, the world doesn't play nice. So just when you think you have it all figured out, right? You're comfortable, you're safe, you're secure, you're happy, you're getting to do fun things. All of a sudden, the bottom drops out, right? You lose a job, you lose a loved one, you get told that you're being evicted from your home. Uh, you find out that you have cancer, whatever it is, something happens and your sense of comfort is shaken, right? You start to feel discomfort. Number three, the world doesn't play fair. Now I can sum this up in one of two, two statements, really, right? Good things bad happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. This is the reality of living in a fallen, broken world. Right? This is the reality of living in a world where the sin virus runs rampant. It is what it is. You can't really you, know, you can't really explain why it just is. Good things happen to bad people. 
I mean, there are people who are terrible. They do terrible things, and it seems like they have it all. They're wealthy. They drive nice cars, but they're really nasty people, right? And then you've got great people who love other people and help other people and would go out of their way to help you if something bad happened to you. And it seems like they just have one bad thing after another happen in their life, right? That's the world we live in. The world does not play fair. And finally, there has to be another way. So after we've played the world's game for a while and realized that it doesn't satisfy, we start to understand that there has to be another way. There must be a better way, a better goal to have than just comfort, right? There has to be something that we can put our time, energy, and resources into that doesn't fall flat, that doesn't leave us hanging uh, at the most inopportune times. Something that we can stake our lives on, a target that isn't a moving target, right? No matter what happens in the world around us. So that's it, right? Number one, the world is a very specific objective. Two, the world doesn't play nice. Three, the world doesn't play fair. And finally, there has to be another way. Number two, dealing with discomfort. So with all this talk about being comfortable and it, you know, me almost making it sound like it's a bad thing to be comfortable, um, I really need to stop there and kind of reiterate that's not really what I'm trying to say, right? Comfort in and of itself is not bad. Look at it this way. We in this country have lost touch with reality on some level, right? There are hundreds of things that we take for granted as normal, things that make our lives more comfortable. Basic things, right? Like the ability to flush toilet paper down a toilet. You do realize that in many other countries, this clogs up the pipes and so you're not even allowed to do it. I mean, do you ever think about those things? We have homes, typically homes that keep creatures and insects out. Think about how many people live in huts around this world, open to the environment, sleeping with, you know, bugs biting you or with um, snakes being able to just get into your home, things like that. Uh, we drive cars. We have public transportation. There's a Starbucks on every corner. If you don't have a Starbucks on your corner, you can buy a Keurig, sit it on your counter, and then it's like five feet away from you every day. See where I'm going with this? The truth is we live highly comfortable lives. Our culture is moving 100 miles an hour toward it. I mean, just look at Amazon shipments in 24 hours, DoorDash, Uber Eats, all the new services that are meant to take the pressure off of us and to give us what we want as fast as possible. So am I saying that we need to give all of this up in order to live the right way? Of course not. I mean, there may be some things that we need to give up if we are way too deep into this and it's become our life. But for the most part, no, there is nothing wrong with accessing things that make our life more comfortable. The problem is not so much what we're doing, but why we're doing it. The problem is in the intent, the mindset behind accessing these things. So number one, we can have our hearts in the right place and experience comfort every now and then. Or number two, our sole focus can be on the comfort, which means that our hearts are in the wrong place. So why is this important? Simple answer is this, because comfort is fleeting, right? You will not always be happy. You will not always feel safe and secure, and you will not always feel comfortable. In fact, there's a really big chance that things won't go as planned. The world knows this to be true on some level. We call it Murphy's Law. 
Murphy's Law states, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Now, my wife would tell you that believing in this makes you a pessimist, right? But of course, I always chime in and say, no, no, this makes you a realist. Because Murphy's Law is based on reality, on the statistical certainty that if there are two options in a situation, a preferred option and a bad or negative option, at some point, statistically, both options will occur, right? Even in life or death situations. For example, space shuttle missions, right? There are two options, a safe flight or a flight where something goes terribly wrong. And history showed us that both options came true. Now, that's a terrible illustration. It's horrible when you think about it. And yet it happened. Nobody planned for it. Nobody expected it to happen. Surely nobody wanted it to happen. And yet Murphy's Law proved itself again. And this is why it's so important not to make comfort our driving purpose in life. Because when it comes to life, when everything comes crashing down, discomfort will take a much higher toll on us. So back to the illustration of the space shuttle, right? Not only does this illustrate Murphy's Law, but it also illustrates the point of this episode, that there has to be something more to life than comfort. NASA and the space program did not view comfort as their main objective, nor did they view safety and security as their main, main objective. Their main objective was to put people in space. That was their goal. It was a lofty one, filled with danger, uncertainty, and yes, discomfort. If all they were concerned about was comfort, they would have closed up shop immediately after the Challenger disaster and just called it good, right? But no, they kept pressing forward because their mission was putting people into space. And that's the perfect illustration for us, right? We need a higher purpose that higher objective driving us, that thing that supersedes safety, security, comfort, and yes, even happiness. With a purpose like that, we can keep moving forward even when life gets uncomfortable because we know what our next step is. We know what the next right thing is that's going to move us in the direction toward our main objective. I mean, yes, we get knocked down at times, we struggle, we go through the grief process, but all the while we understand that it isn't the end right? It's a momentary setback, part of the human condition, and it will pass. Number three, learning to trust. So what is this main objective that we're talking about, right? What is this higher purpose that we should be pursuing instead of comfort? Well, that's a loaded question and can only be answered by you because each of us has a different worldview. For some, it might simply be this, be kind. That's it. Literally, that's it. We have friends who have this on their fridge. It's actually a motto that they live by. Actually, I think it's don't be an a-hole, but this is a family show, so we'll just call it be kind, right? It means the same thing. And that's it. Really, that's their main objective. That's the filter that they ask their kids to see the world through. If you can just be kind in every situation, you're going to make the world a better place. Now, for others, it involves like adherence to a set of beliefs, right? Typically, these are religious beliefs, but some people are actually so involved in politics that politics becomes their main objective, right? Making the world a better place through political action. 
And still others are on a less rigid spiritual journey, right? Allowing their belief system to morph over time as they become more and more enlightened. Um, but I can only speak for myself. And for me, my main objective is pretty straightforward. It's pretty black and white. As a Christian, the Bible pretty much spells it out for me, right? The Bible answers the big three questions, where we came from, where we're, why we're here, and where we're going when we die. You know, those are huge questions that people have that lead to meaning and purpose in their life, right? So this is a big part, a big piece of my main objective is understanding those three things um, and understanding the purpose behind my life, right? The understanding that God created us, we rebelled, Satan now thinks he owns us and wants to destroy us. Next, God came to make a way for us to get back to him. And he has a gift. His gift is eternal life with him in heaven, living forever, right? That's a pretty big chunk of the purpose in my life. Uh, and another piece to this puzzle, for the Christian at least, is um, that when we're experiencing discomfort, it's often when we grow the most. Let me say that again. So this is another big piece of the puzzle for the Christian, right? That when we're experiencing discomfort, we often grow the most. Now, this is crazy, right? When you think about it, not only do we get closer to God or our creator, right? But we grow as a person. We mature. We become stronger versions of ourselves. Interesting enough, right? When you realize that most of the time we're shooting for the opposite, like we're trying to be comfortable, which means we're actually shooting for something that keeps us disconnect, disconnected from our creator, something that keeps us from maturing. So when you look at it that way, maybe a little discomfort in our life isn't so bad after all, because it's the end result that we're after. And the last piece of the puzzle for me as a Christian, it's, it's really a trust thing, right? Learning to trust. And that's the other purpose that comes with it. Uh, that this is that this is the main objective, not comfort, right? Not safety and security, and not even happiness. Although there is an interesting side effect to making this our purpose in life, right? When we view heaven or uh, of the relationship with our Creator as our main purpose, something magical happens. We actually experience true happiness, right? Which in in a past episode we defined as joy or contentment. But at the end of the day, it's happiness, right? It's just a much deeper version of happiness where bad things can happen and you still find that joy. You still find that contentment, even though bad things happen in the world. Next, we experience safety and security, right? Even when life is a chaotic mess, like it's been for the last almost two years, right? Uh, we can walk through that mess because we know that our safety and our security ultimately is in him right? It's this promise of eternal life, living forever, to where this little thing that we're suffering with right here, right now on this, you know, this one year out of our life, isn't really that big of a deal compared to all of eternity. And finally, we can experience true comfort, right? Comfort that can only come through this trust, this learning to trust in him and his eternal purposes, knowing that we're part of that journey. So let's land the plane. 
there you have it. How to live a life that matters, a life with meaning and purpose, a life that in a roundabout way provides the happiest, safest, most secure, and yes, most comfortable life you can possibly live. Strange, right? It's kind of like saying two different things out of both sides of your mouth, or it, it's kind of like you have to give up your desire for comfort in order to actually receive it. Strange, but true. So this week, ask yourself the following questions. First, are you chasing comfort? If so, in what form? What are you doing to make comfort happen for you? Like, how are you, what are you holding on to so tightly because you believe that it's going to make your life comfortable? Number two, can you see the difference between being comfortable and chasing comfort? And finally, if you stopped chasing comfort, what could your main objective be instead, right? What is it that you could focus on? That one thing that could keep you grounded and headed in the right direction. Obviously, I spend a lot of time talking about, you know, this from my point of view because I'm a Christian. And so, you know, learning more about my creator and, and accepting the gift of, of eternal life that he offers you know, that is a big deal. That's my main objective. But what is it for you? Now, as we wrap things up, I just want you to know that, you know, again, I don't put out this podcast to preach at you because this is something that you need to figure out, you need to fix because I already have it all figured out. Like I've said many times, this podcast is literally me working through these things in my own life um, and just putting it out there in case it's helpful to someone else. I mean, I know that this is a huge tendency of mine, right? To head in the direction of least resistance, to aim for less stress, more comfort. Um, you know, like I talked about when we moved from the Midwest, Tammy and I both felt like we had we had made comfort a, a god in our life, right? That is literally all we thought about. I mean, it, it may not have come out... Um, you know, that blunt or that in your face, but subconsciously, that's the way we were living, right? We had to be in the right school system in the right house in the right neighborhood, have the right vehicles, um, you know, work at good jobs and have our kids in the right sporting uh, clubs so that they could uh, progress and get better and better and be seen by colleges so they could get college scholarships. I mean, it, it's just this rat race with comfort and success and happiness tied to it as the main goal, right? So I know this about myself. I know that that is a tendency I have. And so this is me trying to work through that. Um, you know, I see it, I can even see it today, right? You know, maybe it's been a stressful week at work and the immediate thing I start thinking about is, oh, you know, maybe I should look for another job, one that's less stressful or, you know, life gets a bit chaotic. And, you know, the first thing I'm thinking about is like, oh, man, it would be nice to just live in a log cabin up in the mountains somewhere where, you know, there's just a lot less going on and I'm not as stressed out. So whatever it is, right? For me, it's often just an attempt to manufacture comfort for myself, right? It's it's wanting to move from stress to no stress as if that's even a thing, right? As, it, as if you can even find a place in life where you're not going to have difficulties or or feel discomfort every now and then, right? Because for me, discomfort isn't fun, right? I don't like discomfort. I don't like conflict. I don't like when things are bad or when things aren't fair. 
I'm a justice kind of a person, right? And I'm also a control freak on some level <laughs> that likes to determine the things that happen. So letting go is very difficult. But essentially, this is the process. This is the process I'm in trying to work through that. So hopefully that was helpful for you. Um, that's it for our episode today. I want to thank you again for joining us. Hopefully you found something that um, that you can hang on to this week and really uh, put into place. So quick programming note before we go. Uh, next week, it's finally happening. I am so excited to, to uh, tell you today, this week, that next week we're jumping into the first episode of Transcendent Parenting, right? I've talked about this a little bit, series that we, uh, that Tammy and I put together, 10 weeks of pure parenting bliss, right? Starting next week. So if you've been waiting for the series, the wait is over. Join us next week as we kick off um, the series with episode one, first things first. But for now, have a great week. Uh, let your discomfort grow you up. And as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.